With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well out there. We are back for instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's not... I shouldn't be laughing at this kind of level that we're playing at because I'm, I'm still trying to bring myself to try and understand the level that we are playing at. We're obviously uh, facing off in a Europa Conference League playoff, which Tottenham have just lost by one goal to nil against Pajo de Ferreira. Delighted to have joining me to try and provide some therapy, some analysis on the back of what we've just witnessed over the past 94 and a bit minutes. I've got Jason McGovern. Jace, how are you enjoying the fourth tier of European football? Well, if anyone thought I was dismissive of the competition, perhaps having watched it tonight, you'll know why I'm dismissive of it. It was uh, enthralling, wasn't it? I don't think we had a meaningful effort at goal all night. Uh, I don't think there's a single player that looks anywhere near good enough to go to Wolves on Saturday. And uh, the, the highlight of the game really was the referee blowing the final whistle. And from that, that was the only positive of the game. And, and let's just move on, mate. Yeah, so, so poor. I mean, um, also, pleased to have them back on the show together for this one. That's how much they've had to traumatise themselves to have to watch it together. It was that bad enough apart. They put themselves together. Hold me, Hold me. Jesus, it, was, it was horrendous, but I've got first up the wonderful Richard Cracknell back on the show. Rich, what have we just witnessed? Rich, what have we just witnessed? Well, I can't believe I missed Love Island for that tonight, Rick. And honestly, uh, I can't believe I missed it. Honestly, I tell you, I've honestly, got to catch up I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know anybody that watches Love Island, Rick, but uh, you know I'm all over it, and I missed it tonight. And I'm absolutely gay. I'm going to have to watch it. Watch it on ketchup. So, uh, like we are, yeah, 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 yeah. Believe me, I know how much you despise it, Rich. I promise you, 20 minutes of that would be better than what you've just witnessed over 94 minutes. I promise you, uh, it can't be that bad. It really well, can't it be really that bad. Isn't. No, it really isn't. I, I find it 
thoroughly entertaining and a guilty pleasure, I must say. Also, back on the show, the wonderful Anthony Costas with us here. And how are you? Hello, mate. Mate, I've missed a whole, like, a box set of Only Fools and Horses to watch that tonight and come on the show. So you need to be lucky, son. And I feel like me, Rich and Jace are part of, like, the last word on Spurs too. You know, like how you get up after we two, after the main show. This is us. Just catch up on the, uh, just catch up on the we big little uh, big last word on Spurs, little last word on Spurs, isn't we? Like big brother's little brother. I tell you what, any any to, any Spurs fan will tell you every game matters, right? And you know this game does matter for some. You know I've got to be honest and say that. You know I, I really honestly mean that from the bottom of my heart. That you know I don't think we should be coming into this game and being you know looking at it any way in which the other games are. I know it's not the level we want to be playing at. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time you still want to see a level of integrity, some competitiveness, and. You know, Jace, we'll start with you because Spurs, we do go one down in Pacos. It was a disappointing display. Um, showing from those players that, you know, a lot of them are players that want to force their way into the first team. The likes of Winks, the likes of Doherty, the likes of Lascelso, Davis, all poor. And, you know, I've got to say that we couldn't even sustain the pressure one nil down. And, you know, I think Nuno may need to recall some of his cavalry for the second leg because depending on how bothered he is about that competition... That was a really rough night. I mean, the full debut for Romero, probably not what we wanted to see so far. Gill, pretty bright in, in, in spells. But what did you make overall, Jay, to that performance? Well, I thought it was, uh, you're right, it's uh, an experimental side, let's say, uh, of players that, that are on the fringes or of young players trying to make their way. Often you get a lack of rhythm or anything from those, especially from those who haven't taken much part in pre-season. But it's, it's they're the opportunities that are going to be afforded to the likes of to Winks, to Doherty and players like that. And they simply have to come up with something. And the disappointment for me tonight is that that's a level that Winks and Lacelso should be able to dominate a midfield in. And I can't remember one decent ball from the pair of them all night long. I mean, it, it summed it up, didn't it? There was a bit in the first half where Lacelso, with a neat bit in play in midfield, had a simple five-yard ball left of him to Cessillon and gave it away. And you think, come on, Gio, I mean, you know, we, we, we're critical of Ndombele and people like that. But when are we really going to look at him and think, are we getting anything from him that 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 we expect to? Because it's appalling, his performance tonight. And, uh, you know, as, as the game wore on, I think the last 30 minutes, he barely touched the ball. He never looked like he wanted the ball. Uh, the amount of square and backwards passing from... From Doherty, you think it reminded me of Trippier tonight. Every time somebody came near him, I stopped running and just passed it infield. And you know, it was just appalling from those players. And they didn't give the young lads. I mean, I felt sorry for Scarlett. They're constantly hoofing the ball up front to him, a flat ball in the air. And you know, you'd expect senior players to think, "Hold on, this is not playing to me. We've got to try and deliver it to his feet with an angled pass." But they didn't. And you know, it showed the futility of, our, of you know, everyone's talking about Hitching and Paratici being on the phone. But tonight's a night where you actually see we haven't even replaced Carlos Vinicius. You know, these are the games that he played in last year and looked all right at this level of game. We haven't even replaced him. So, you know, it was, it was shocking all round tonight. And um, the second leg, you're right, he'll have to go a little bit stronger. But it wouldn't be the younger players I'd leave out. It would be the likes of Winks, Doherty and Lacelso. I don't think they deserve the chance to play. I, I don't want to single the, the younger players out because that's that's tough on them. But those senior players were absolutely woeful tonight. 
Rich, let's come to you because I mean, Jason echoes a lot of the thoughts that I feel there. You know, it was a disappointing defeat, but you know, some will probably feel that it's, it is highly a disaster given they look at that lineup, given that there is a second leg to come. I think more worrying than the result is like Jason touched upon there is that none of the senior players that we had in that team really stepped up. And you know, when you play a team like that, you need more from your senior pros. You know, we mentioned the likes of Winks, Lascelles, so Davis, Doherty. It's not been good enough. And you think if these players have actually got ambition to want to stay at Tottenham and want to get back in the team, they've got to show more than what they've shown, haven't they? Surely they've got to. Yeah, very much so, Rick. And uh, I mean, even down to like uh, Carter Vickers, who uh, that was his first competitive game since 2017. And I think one of our own, John Wenham, put on the group saying that I think it's 111 games that he's had out on loan. So, I mean, he's been there since 2017, hasn't got a start. So why is he still there? He's, he's, he's not going to make it into that, that team. So why are we not trying to like, move him on? Send him, send him off somewhere. Um, so even down to that level. So when you look at it with, with Cameron Carter-Vickers as well, with uh, Winks and with Doherty and with Davies uh, in, that, in that side and Lacelso, that's half the team. Is like senior pros or been somewhere around that first team. So, you know, it wasn't even just a team fully stuffed with kids. And, you know, Jason's right. You can't really speak about them. That's, that's, that's the sort of type of game that they want and start getting some experience of, of meaningful games with a little bit of, of something riding on it. Um, Scarlet, tonight, no chance. Absolutely no chance. Not only was it balls in the air, it was floated balls in the air, so he, he, he didn't have any power, even if he took a ball, he had no power to put, like, to, to deflect off the air, it was just rubbish woeful, woeful, woeful tactics um, I mean, even Sessignon fleeting, absolutely fleeting, a couple of fleeting moments in the second half here's another, you know, kid that's coming through, been out on loan and just beginning to break into that first team. So all of a sudden, you're looking at six or seven now, and maybe not tonight is the worry, because like you say, there's the second leg and uh, and everything, and it's maybe a competition. Personally, I think we should go for it. You should always go for, go for cup games. I can't believe I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. on Twitter people said, oh, yeah, you know, it's only the competition. It's a cup. It's a cup competition. We haven't won one for ages. Go and put one on the shelf. It makes you want to win more. You speak to any of the old players, win your first one, makes you want that, that second one. So the, tonight was not the worry so much. But the, the, I mean, the established players were. The worry is when we get later into the season, in that first 11, get any injuries, any suspension, that's what we've got coming through. And it's woefully short, absolutely woefully, woefully short. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the biggest concern. Listen, we, we are going to touch upon, of course, the summer transfer window because I know Jason off air have discussed the need to do more business, the need to refresh the squad, replenish the squad, upgrade, improve the squad. There's no doubt about that. You know, it's not been the summer that I think we've all wanted so far. And we have got such little time left to try and improve what we've got here. But I mean, and coming around to you, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm probably sure you're the same as me. I've never seen this Portuguese side play, but I think when you look at the squad that we took there, bearing in mind this is a side that did beat Porto last season, you know, I'm still fairly confident that we will get past them in the second leg. But 
do you think that the squad we took there was that disrespectful to them? Should we have offered more? Should we have taken some of the players that we took? They wanted it, Rick. They wanted it more. Rick, they wanted it more. And I'm going to echo what the lads have said. It wasn't good enough tonight. Um, you shouldn't be going out there with the squad that supposedly this really good squad of youngsters, etc., etc., with with the main boys that have been playing week in, week out for Spurs the last couple of seasons that we touched upon. They're not good enough, mate. They are not good enough. And this this person's right. The Celso isn't Ericsson's replacement and never will be. He's absolutely spot on. There was no creativity, no shots on target. You can't put the blame on Scarlett. You know, Scarlett's, Scarlett's one of them strikers, like a defender, he'll run onto a ball, isn't it? You need, he's pace. You're not giving the ball forward so he can run onto it. None of that. No one knew what they were doing. There was no game plan. And as for that midfield, I'm not going to mention the bloke's name because he just does my head in and I'm fed up of it now. And unfortunately, he needs, he's one of them that needs to go. Yeah, exactly, Chase. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it's a bit like giving well, that, 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 was that was subtle, Chase. Very subtle. I'm just fed up of it, with, uh, Rick. I'm fed up of it, mate. And I, and I think that, you know, it's a, it's a cup competition that we should try and go for. Why not? You know, yeah, it's just... It Everyone goes for cup competitions. Why, why are we Spurs fans going, yeah, but it's a muggy competition? I'm sorry, we need to go out there and try and win it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? I, the, the hard thing that I'm trying to understand is that when you look at the team we had there, there was, as we know, none of those players have pretty much ever played together as a unit. You know, they may have obviously trained for a couple of days. I mean, obviously, there wouldn't have been much time to train at all with a City game, and you obviously had a rest in between that. But, you know... When you think about it, Jace, you know, as I said, it's a young team, never played together. Um, I think that does show, and tell me if I'm wrong here, that's probably one of the most weakest and worst squads that we've had in, in a, I say worst squads, I mean worst 11s that we've combined there in a very, very long time, discounting the summer signings. But when you look overall at the depth of what we've got there, it does show you just the real need to invest in this team. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. But, you know... It's... What did I say? 17, 18 new players or something two years ago. So uh, those players that we know are not good enough for the first team. And, and you can see it. Their, their standards are not good enough even for for, for Pacos de Ferreira. Uh, you know, I think the the whole approach to it, I'm, I'm probably disagreeing with the two lads. I think we're in that stage where the Premier League games are so much more important than this particular competition. I, I'm all for going for the Carabao Cup. I'm all for going for the FA Cup this year. But this thing... You know, to be honest, does does nothing, and I think, you know, that maybe some of those first team players just think, "What the hell are we playing in a in a tournament like this for?" I'm not saying that that attitude in them is right, but you know, we we saw it last year. I think Mourinho alluded to when when we played the defeats in Antwerp, and that, that the first team players just aren't motivated to play, and that now we've gone down even a level from that. So that's a problem for them, but. It's just not not good. I, I I kind of almost would sooner seen the entire under twenty three side that would have a little bit of cohesion because they're all playing together, and maybe they're playing with Mark and Day with Bennett and things like that. So the natural movements and combined movements is better than having a first team players that that don't know what the kids are doing. The kids don't know what the first team players are doing, and and you get that lack of rhythm. And the first team players that aren't there, I mean, you know, Geo's last game for instance, and, and I. I mean, it does my head in, but he's just come back from the last game he played is Brazil v Argentina in a final when he's suddenly playing in that. Yeah. So, you know, he's yeah. thinking, what the hell am I doing here? And we're trying to get nine, you know, 
and, and when you've left all those players at home, it kind of mm. sends the message to the team, well, we're not that fussed about it. So yeah, yeah. And those first-team players think, well, if we're not fussed about it, why the hell have I had to come out here? Instead, then, where's Sissoko and Ndombele and Oria in that case? Send them out here. So yeah. it's, it's a whole mm. mishmash of things. There's, there's so many reasons. But at the end of the day, it's not good enough and that squad is not good enough. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to come around to you next. I'll come around to Rich in a second. And I know, listen, it's not a nice stat, this, but Spurs become the first English club to lose games in each of the Champions League, European Cup, Cup Winners' Cup, UEFA Cup, Europa League, the Intertoto, and now the Europa Conference League. It was always going to happen at some point, but it's not nice to take that first down, was it, really? Not, considering we weren't in the Champions League till 2010, how are we the first British team to lose in the Champions League game? I think they're referring to that the Europa League. They're saying we're the first team to lose and including the Europa Conference League. Hence, no, but I mean we, we can't possibly be the first English team to have lost a Champions League game. Oh, that, that, I think that what that stat is referring to the fact that we're the first team to lose in each of all those of competitions, all of them oh, right. combined. Okay. Jase. Okay, all right. Hmm. Still doesn't make it any better, but I mean it is what it is, Ant. Right? It's Spurs. Oh yeah. We're also going to get that L. We're also going to get that L at some point. Spurs, that's what we do, isn't it? We always but disappoint let's, us. Let's temper that a little bit with West Ham, Villa, uh, and quite a few Everton. other teams. Everton yeah. can't haven't haven't even been in a Champions League game to lose. So you know, yeah. you know, it's better it's better to have been in a game and lost it rather than never have been in it at all. So I mean, you know, you can use it a bit as a bit of a crappy stick to beat beat Spurs yeah. with, but you know. It, it, it's a record. But it's their gender rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course it is. It's but... Spurs, isn't it? They want to, you know, yeah. have a niggle at us all the yeah. time and have a bit of banter about us. Rich, coming over to you, um, obviously, when the team did come out and, you know, it's only his second competitive game in charge, of course, it's very different to the, the 11 what you saw on Sunday. It was obviously, he, he, he made 11 changes, rested all those players, um, still no place for the likes of Harry Kane, Sissoko and Dombele, Oria, who have all been left to train at Hotspur Way. We know Joe Roden missed out with a thigh injury. As things stands, he's a doubt for the weekend. Dane Scarlett, 17-year-old striker, he made his first competitive appearance for the club. At new signings, Christian Romero, Brian Gill and Pierluigi Gallini all started alongside Winks, Davis, Darty, Ryan, Sessignol. Um, in terms of the 11 when it came out, Rich, was there any surprise or was that, was that what you were roughly expecting from Nuno? Yeah, I, I think we were going to see a bit of a make-do put together 11 and Jason's absolutely right. You've sort of, you've mismatched to a point where... You've got these senior players that didn't know what the youngsters were doing. The youngsters don't really know what the what the uh, seniors were doing, and we'd have probably been better off going all or nothing. To uh, to be honest, in this, so either put like a good first eleven out or an under twenty three side, but do but do know each other. And uh, I think it was quite telling watching Nuno this this evening. Every time the camera cut to him. You know he's rubbing his beard and he's like he's and he's grimacing and uh, you know he had that look of like oh my days what have what, I what, got, what, what, what have I walked into what have I walked into here like you know and uh, but it was it was a worry you know winks I know I know uh, if I say winks three times he's going to appear I think so I've, I've, I've mentioned it twice now. I best not. The, the man is like he's like the Scottish. You sure, player, won't, you sure he won't disappear if you say it three times? Yeah. Oh well. Well, hang on. Winks, winks, winks. Let's see. And um, but you know, I was expecting him to get hold of the game by the scruff of the neck to be speaking to the youngsters, 
to, to be around him and giving him a little bit of guidance. Same with Davies, you know, you just did the not see pros. him. Exactly. I didn't see them pulling yeah. the youngsters along. It was 87 and a half minutes when I saw Davies on the screen go like this, cheering the players up. Like, where's that from two, three minutes in? Getting behind the youngsters. I didn't see them going over and speaking to any of the youngsters at all and giving them a bit of a G up and taking them, them leadership qualities. And, and that was that was the worry. And I mean, with the youngsters as well, you don't want to be too hard on them. But with a lack of cohesion as a team tonight, because it was a scratch, you was hoping to maybe see one or two youngsters and you went, oh, hello, he looks a bit tasty. Look, he's got no fear. He's gone up against the 34, 35-year-old Brazilian pro that's been round the block, which their team seems to be made up Shocking. of. He, you know, he, he's dropped a shoulder. He's like a little bit of youth, a little bit of brave, like a bit of bravery. And we didn't see that either. And that, that was a worry. I like to see some youngsters come and get hold of a game and go, go on then. Like Tanganga. Tanganga on Sunday. Brilliant. Like, absolutely incredible. Brilliant. Absolutely incredible. He, he, he put Sterling in his pocket. He put Grealish in his pocket. He'd done it in his debut at Liverpool. Where where was those youngsters tonight? Some some like a, a little bit little bit braver, you know, in the lack of a, of a team cohesion. So uh, yeah, a, a real worry. James, what do you make that comment on the screen there? This is why Harry Kane should get out of the club. Zero ambition. You know, too bad for new players to come into this club. Do, do you agree with that? Uh, yes, but I, I I said it on the group today. I don't want to discuss Harry Kane one for one second tonight. I'm, mm. I'm fed up with it. Everything he's not here. I mean, the thing is, he's not, he's not so, here and he's still training. There's no. He's room. not here. He's, he's, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, he's not here. Just, I mean, Bob was seeing it on Sky Sports News and that without talking about it tonight. He's not part yeah. of that team. Let's just talk mm. about tonight and the Wolves game and, yeah. and rather than Harry Kane tonight, please. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's come around back to you, and because first goal, I say the only goal of the game, but Silva beating the offside trap, and he finished one with you one versus Galini, and um, Wink's giving away the ball. What's a complete Who's mistake? Mess- Whose mistake was it, Rick? Who gave the ball away? Harry Wink's giving away the ball. Yeah. In the middle of the park, on our, yeah. on their side. Yeah. So from a mistake from, I uh, supposedly, number eight, yeah. went all the way to the other side, and he, and he scored. All right. The defenders were so tight, weren't they? Yeah, it just—it's just they were just all over the place, mate. Yeah, and it, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's it a mistake a, from us. It's not like they worked the ball. It's yeah. a mistake from us that mm. caused them to score, and that's what winds me up with this team. Do you know? And what, it's man, I, I've got to say, just on Winks, because obviously I think the thing is that I think we haven't really had a, had a debate about Winks in general. The thing for me is that at the moment he just looks completely overwhelmed at times in trying to cover as this kind of makeshift midfielder. I think he's lost all of his shape. He's lost his identity. I don't think he knows what he is, if I've been honest with you, Ant. I don't think he even knows anymore what, what, what he is. is. Can, do, you, um, do you know what he is? Do you know what he's trying it's to achieve? Do you know I don't know, mate. I don't know. Perhaps he thinks he's a plasterer from Cleeforks or something because he doesn't seem to think he's a footballer at the moment. He's just like, it's just, it's just nothing. He got bullied is that down to confidence, Rich? Is that down to confidence or is that down to ability? What, what is it down to? It's mate. It's ability. It's, it's not there. It's not there at that level for us. They, they've obviously watched us uh, and videos of us like leading up to the game because they single winks out and bullied him. 
he got absolutely bullied. There was one stage where that, that where one of the midfielders bullied him, oh, and he went back after him, and then, went, and then he just went. Oh, he like threw his hands up. He was like Kevin the teenager from like from Harry Enfield. He was just like, oh, oh, oh so unfair. It was just he just gave up. It's ridiculous. He didn't he didn't even take a swipe and take a booking for it. You wouldn't mind even if he'd done that. He literally he just gave tackles, up. Yeah. He missed just honestly. Yeah. His time's done. He's, he's, he's racing to, to run. Absolutely. I think, I think, Chase, can you add to that? Can you add anything more to can you add anything more to Winks at all? Go on. Go for no, it. No, I think as I said on one of the previous shows, yeah. what is he actually good at? doesn't score he doesn't assist he doesn't really pass all he's good at is he and, 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 and i know you're not i know you're not being disrespectful there you're just you're just asking no. that question yeah. no you know his yeah. positional play is not good enough he dives into tackles gives free kicks away on the box mm. uh what what's his strength what what are you putting him in the team to do i, can't, I don't I can't think he knows himself I don't think he, he doesn't he doesn't even do the cheerleading like stefan freund used to i mean he's like he's like an english stefan freund but at least stefan freund used to go and do a bit of cheerleading a block 31 and 32 and buy everyone a beer half time ain't even being that off a wink you ain't even getting that cheerleader thing like that bit of a cult hero like the no. lad that does really do everything just isn't is good enough it's just nothing it's, it's nothing to him absolutely nothing nothing jason I mean, on that performance for Winksdale, i mean i know he's listen he's not foolish he knows he's not going to be in nuna's first team right so he's got to surely be using these games that he is going to get i presume he may get next week he's got to be using that surely as an opportunity to sell himself in the window i mean you've got to wonder on the back of a performance like that who's going to really come calling well, I, I don't know. Was there any League One and League Two games tonight? Because their their people would have been watching those games. So you know, I shouldn't think they send scouts to watch Tottenham in Europe from from Rochdale and Darlington and, and and Wigan Athletic. So and sadly, that's that's the level that he's he's playing at. You know, he's a better player than that. But it's, mm. I mean, we're, we're talking about it as well. Winks has been at this level now for for two two and a half years. We've seen nothing for the last couple of years to suggest he's going. It's a long time ago since we were calling Winks Esther. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, I mean, that, that was ridiculous. But at least he looked like there was a player in him. But for the last two and a half, three years, we've seen mm. absolutely nothing from him. Yeah. Nothing to suggest. Just on this point, just on this point. Go on, Ant. Go for it. Go for it. No, come on. Go I was going to say to Chase as well, and, and you, Rick. Me and Rich obviously been talking about it tonight. Does Harry Wings? I'm not singling him out, but does we're talking about? Him, does he get into any of the top ten? Premier League sides in the Premiership? Not in the moment. Not in the Premier League. No, no. I wouldn't think so. Not no, at the moment. He doesn't. So why is he? Why is no, he at number eight? Does. And why yeah. is he starting for us it's last year, week in, week out? Enough. I, I, enough. I, We've got. I mean, to you, stop you, you in could say. In Arfid, you could say the same. Why is Asoko still here? Why is Davis still here? Yeah, you know, there's, play there's, a, there's, a, there's a clutch of players that, if Spurs want to be where we want to be as supporters, these players. Are just not good enough where we want to be. Question on the screen here. Um, and we'll stick with you on this one. This is from Chris Checkett, who says, You can say the same about yeah. Giovanni Celso. What does he do? Doesn't assist, doesn't yeah. score, doesn't offer anything. Do you agree with that? I've not seen him progress at all, Rich. Yeah. Have you, Jace? I, I haven't seen GOC do anything to warrant the fact of being Ericsson's replacement. Mm. Enough of this. We can't keep comparing. He's his own player. As Jace said, he's just come back from the Copper America after winning it with Argentina. So there is a player there, but he comes to Spurs and he's he's not great. I just I just don't see what the progression is in two and a half, three seasons. 
It's all nothing. It's as good it's as the old Greater thing. London Council, and they were the GLC as well. GLC under Red Chem was more effective than GLC that we've got. It's the General Electric Company, isn't it? <laughs> can, can I ask, boys, back to the goal, the concern of the goal. I mean, Romero was, was caught really square on, I thought, Jace. He was. And, you know, we've made, you know, a big, big hoo-ha about bringing this guy in for a massive fee. And listen, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm sure, um, given time, given game, I'm sure he's going to prove his worth. Hopefully we, we want to believe that. Was that a concerning display for you and Romero? Uh, I thought so. I thought there was times when 1v1, he, he looked... You know, diving in. I mean, a bit in the late in the second half, and he dived in at the halfway line and things like that. I thought he looked, he looked no better than Fazio. Uh, obviously, he comes with a better reputation. That's a big statement, but I, I did, I did worry. You know, I was at the time. Yeah, my I, only concern was spending all this money on a player like that, and I felt all the all the time. Listen, I hope, I hope he's going to become world class for Tottenham. I hope he's going to go on and achieve great things here. But my only concern is that we was in almost like a one horse race for him a little bit. I know there was interest apparently from Barcelona. But, I mean, Rich, your thoughts on Romero? Because I think uh, Nuno said after the game, we need to be patient with all the players. When a player changes country, we need to realise that we need to be patient. How I think the quality Romero has, his adaptation will be quicker. What do you think, Rich? Would you be quick to put him on the weekend? Uh, no, you just you can't go by anything tonight with Romero. It's a first game. He's played in amongst a, a team that he's not going to be playing with. That's been what was making mistakes that he won't have to face dealing with when he does get into the first team. I mean, tonight where he was a little bit forward, he's probably thinking to himself, there's no way a professional footballer is going to lose the ball where Winks did. So, but he did and then, and then got caught for it. So, you know, he's probably getting up to speed with who's who within the team. I, tell, I guarantee you next week, if Romero sat behind Winks again, he won't push up like he did. He'll be back another 10 yards ready for him to lose the ball. So, I mean, you know, players like that, you've got, you've got to give them like at least half a season just to get up to speed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like the league in the world for speed and everything. He's got to move in. Uh, I know he's going to get a lot of help from the club with, with yeah, aid. Of course and stuff. Yeah, of course, of course. Settling in and finding houses and, Filling forms out, but you know, I, I learned myself that moving to another country is a huge task. I'm two, nearly two years in, and still doing things now to to, to get settled in. So, and it's it is a huge it's task. So, you know, you you've got to give him at least at least half a season, bare minimum, before you yeah. can make any judgment. And look at him in the Premier League as well. Yeah, I, I think, think we've got to say also. I think that's, that's fair, but you know, when you see his yellow card record for two years in Italy, and it's, what, 14 bookings and 10 bookings a season. So that tells you he can get caught in, and he does, he is perhaps but a little bit rash. What, what I would, what, but what I would say, Jason, is from what I saw during the game, I thought he looked quite comfortable on the ball, was happy to stride up the pitch on numerous yeah, occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we also have to take into account, and you're going to probably agree with this as well, he's got Cameron Carter-Vickers next to him. He's got yeah, yeah, but his moments, there were one or two moments of his individual defending where he still is perhaps a little bit too diving in he. And uh, that yellow right. card record. So, so he will have to adapt to that because yeah. teams will mm. play on that. And but I, I do think there's a need. Trouble. I think there's a need that we've all said that if you're going to buy someone like Romero and you've got to give him the right centre-back partner to see the best of him. 
and you know, putting yeah. him with, and I'm going to say this now, putting him with Dyer, putting him with Sanchez, despite how good they were at the weekend, and then putting him with Carter Vickers. I just don't think you're going to see the yeah. best of the guy, especially when you say that, you know, he's, he's yellow card record. Rick, that, um, that Craig Bowler's just made a really good point. Romero stepped up for that goal. He, he probably stepped up to where the defence should have been. And Carter Vickers was like Cameron Cartles Vickers. Like, he was 10 yards back. He caused that gap that their forward was able to drop into and stay and stay on side. So like Romero was probably like correctly positioned. Carter Vickers was like, oh, I don't know, he was just thinking about going and get himself some peri-peri chicken and like a couple of bottles of something from Duty Free on the plane back. He was like, he was just absolutely napping. So, uh, yeah, you, you just can't really look, you can't really look at Romero at all. No, there, no, no. I mean, I, I honestly think, you know, given the time, listen, we've spent a lot of money on this guy. They would have done their due diligence, they would have done their scouting. You're not going to spend the amount of money we've spent on him if you don't believe do you not agree, Jace? If you don't believe he's going to be successful, <laughs> due diligence and scouting. Well, they didn't on Ndombele, did they? Well, I mean, Ndombele. What, what, what I would say is Ndombele is, and we're going to come on to maybe him later in the show. And Ndombele, you can't question the talent. Attitude, yes. Application, yes. Talent, you can't question it. So the thing with you know you're hoping with someone like Romero is if the talent's as good as Ndombele and the attitude's right, we've got a wonderful yeah. player there. Well, we, we, all, we all hope that's the case. Um, we are going to go, guys, for a very quick break for our listeners on audio. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Okay, Nuno ended 1-0 and it was as tough as you said it would be. Yeah, it was a tough game. Tough game, but we didn't play good. Uh, first half, we moved well the ball, to lose too many passes, but uh, not, not, not enough what the game required. Let's look at it and let's try to improve it. Yeah, I mean, let's say lots of changes, some young lads out there as well. I guess I'm looking for excuses, but no, no excuses, no excuses, no excuses. It's um, the boys are working well and hard. Many of them are are getting back and then trying to to get the right the right performance level that, that this competition and all football requires. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Now let's analyze the the match because there were things that we did well and many things that we did not so well. That's what I was going to ask. What do you take out of tonight? Because you've seen a, a, a new batch of players here. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, the decision was to, to get and to give competition minutes to, to our players so we can grow and, and improve. Um, but at the same time, I saw I saw players that um, give their everything that they have under difficult circumstances. Um, and the second half, of course, with the young lads, Coming in the team a little bit unbalanced, but at the same time, this is how we improve players. Uh, they, today at 90 minutes, he, and realised that playing against tough central defenders is it's hard. Well, at least we do have a second leg to turn it around. Yeah, we have a second leg. Now let's let's focus on on Wolves um, at the weekend, and we have time to to think about the second leg. Thank you, Nuno. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Nuno, after the game, coming over to you, Rich. He said 
not so good in terms of the performance. And he made a point in saying that it impacts a lot in terms of the field goal factor because that disappears. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, I do believe that he generally approached that game tonight looking to win it. I did see comments after the game saying he threw it. You know, I, I don't think, you know, when you're a club like Tottenham who haven't won a trophy for as long as we have, you're of that mindset of throwing this game. Regardless of the achievement you get is Europa League again. I don't think he would want to just dismiss the cup and throw it. So for him to say that, do, do you agree that from a feel-good factor, it's not the greatest thing to have going into Wolves on Sunday? No, I mean, wins breed wins, uh, uh, you know, and wins breed confidence as well. So, um, but again, you know, he'll probably be speaking to his first 11 um, and saying, not, not, you know, pay no mind to that. You just concentrate on what you've done last uh, Sunday versus Man City and go from now. What it would, uh, you know, I don't think it breeds uh, like an, an underconfidence. What that might well do, uh, the problem that you could get, is breed a little bit of uh, complacency into the current first eleven. But would have looked at that and gone, well, my place is safe because I've not seen anybody in that second string now that's going to come and take my place off of me. If you get a better performance from somebody like Winks and Davis and Doherty and the, the Kelso, the players in the current eleven will be going, oh, hang on a minute, he looked a bit tasty tonight, he stepped up, he looked like he was offering a bit of leadership and a little bit of something. I better be on my game at Wolves on Sunday because otherwise Nuno's going to go, well, you know, the Kelso didn't look bad, did he? He looked like he fancies it. So that more than not really the confidence is the complacency it could end up end up breeding. So uh, that that would be my main worry. Yeah, agree. Before we do go to the player, some of the player ratings, uh, Jace, we've got a load of listener questions here. I think we had over sixty on the last one's first Twitter thread. So thank you ever so much for all those questions. We'll take a flavour of them right now. And this is from Nikki at Highland Spurs One, who says, "Would love us to win any trophy, but we'd be getting knocked out of this competition. Would be such a bad thing for us during this season of transition and rebuild." How much does it mean to you, Jace, this competition? Well, it means nothing to me, I, honestly. Uh, I'm not concerned if we get knocked out of it at all. I think. You know, you win it and you go into the Europa League. Well, surely at the minimum we ex- we expect from our league form is to qualify for the Europa League. So, and I just think, you know, I'm even against Nuno being out there as well. I want Nuno's lost a day yesterday and a day today of preparing for the Wolves game. And I think the the Premier League games and then attack the two domestic cup competitions. This is, you know, when it was the Europa League and you think the price for winning that is an entry to the Champions League. That's one thing, but the price for winning this is entry to the Europa League. And you think, surely we want to be looking to target a top six finish. So we should be in it anyway. Uh, I think it's a developmental competition. And I'd let Mason have, or, you know, we had a good friend in the stadium tonight, even let him run the game for the, the team. I'm not, you know, I think, why are we taking even the coaching staff out there? So for me, uh, you know, I, I know there's this desire to win a trophy and things like that, but that's, well, the Audi Cup for me has got more relevance than this competition has. Do you really mean that? You really mean yeah, that? I've, I've no relevance to this competition whatsoever. No relevance to it at all. And the oh, chances you, are, the chances mm. are we'll lose to Mourinho in the final so he gets his other half a trophy. 
Um, Rich, do you, Rich, do you feel the same as that? Because I mean, to me, I would like to see us progress in this competition. I would like to see. I disagree with Jason. I would like to see us go further in it because I do think it's a great development tool for the youngsters. I think it's an opportunity as well to give players minutes where um, we want to think we're going to have more than just an eleven every weekend. You know, we're going to need the squad eventually. That are going to need games to have rhythm, to have consistency. That players do feel they're part of the squad. Therefore, do, do you still want us to be part of this, Rich? If you know we can try and get through. Yeah, I differ from Jason. Now, if we'd have won a couple of FA Cups in the last 10, 15 years and a League Cup and maybe the Europa League or something, I'd go, well, OK, look, you know, it weren't so long ago we won a couple of Cups. We've had nothing, Rick, absolutely nothing. We need to start putting some Cups on the table. And this is as good a start, uh, somewhere to start as anywhere. The problem you've got with today's modern game, I would hazard a guess that finishing one place higher in the Premier League, if you finish sixth instead of seventh, probably earns you more than what you would earn out of this Euro, this Euro uh, like this Conference League as a whole. Even getting to the final and winning it, you're probably going to earn less as a club than finishing one or two places higher in the Premier League. So this is the problem you've got is that like you've probably got the chairman and the board saying to Nuno look you know don't risk any of the first 11 because three points on Sunday is more valuable to us at the end of the season than us winning this whole competition so there's this balance to be struck because as we know it's not all about football anymore it's about the pounds in, in the bank account and that but look if we get to the final of this and win it and we see whoever's captain like come the day lift that trophy, you'll remember it forever. You will remember it forever. You remember every cup win. Like no matter how what you think of the competition, it's a European Cup competition, you'll remember it, you'll have a medal from it and a memory. If you finish fifth instead of sixth. It just goes into the ether, you know. You yeah. don't remember, oh, that season we come fifth instead of sixth and, and the club earned another 750 grand because of it. Hurrah. means nothing. So, no, every cup competition matters, especially for a starved club like us. It really does. And let's come around to you. One of the players, obviously, that were playing tonight that Nuno knows very well is Matt Doherty. You know, a player there that... When I was watching him again this evening, there's a real lack of quality to his passing and his crossing from the right early on. And I don't think he made much of an impact. A player that, you know, you think a manager coming in would have known very, very well would have been a great opportunity tonight, having seen how well Jaffet played at the weekend against City. You know, he must have thought to himself, I've got to up my game. I'm going to have to up my game because on the back of that performance, you know, from Jaffet, I think it's going to be very hard to displace him for Wolves at the weekend. Is Darcy part of Nuno's plans, or do you think if we get a good offer for him, you consider it? Um, I don't think he'll leave this season. Um... Oh, and it's just frozen. So, Jace, we'll, we'll come to you on that very quickly whilst we get the connection back with Ant and, and Crackers. Um, Jace, what, what do you think about that in terms of uh, Matt Darcy? Is, is he a player for you that potentially we can try and get the best out of, or are you concerned long term about? Matt Doherty and Tottenham in terms of that relationship and how that's going to work? Well, I mean, if you think about it logically, Nuno was happy to sell him for 12 million. So, you know, that, that should set up, you know, we're all thinking Nuno will get the best out of him, but Nuno obviously didn't think the best out of him was good enough. That's why he flogged him for, for 12 million. 
I mean, you get actually you get more going forward from Serge Aurier. And I'm certainly not advocating, you know, we want to keep Serge Aurier either. But of those two players, this this Aurier gives you far more than the Matt Doherty's done. Yeah, okay, Doherty might not make the the idiotic rash challenge that that Aurier does, but at least with Aurier you do get something going forward. But Doherty's just been woeful, and it was a woeful performance again. It's the times Rick today that the ball was played to him, and you think you've got there's ten yards between where you're receiving the ball and the next defender. So you could at least run with the ball 10 yards to that man. But it was immediately he saw somebody and thought, no, I won't take him on. So it's going infield with, with yards of space. I think why it's just just shows you a lack of courage with the ball, lack of confidence with the ball. You know, you, you should be thinking, I can at least go and attack him. Go and attack him. And there's a back three behind me, so somebody should be covering me if I did yeah. lose it there. But nothing, no courage on the ball whatsoever. And that's yeah. uh, that's really poor. Yeah, I mean, and we'll just get your thoughts then. Obviously, we just lost you before. Uh, unfortunately, you froze there. But Matt Doherty, for you, and you know, a player, as I said, you know, on the back of that weekend performance from Jeffrey Tanganga, he's going to have to thought to himself, I've got to step my game up. As I said to you before you went there, do you think he will eventually come back and real show some competitiveness for that position? Well, this is really... yeah. When we appointed Nuno, I think we did a sh- uh, last word on Spurs, myself, you and Jace, when he obviously the night he got appointed. And, I was, and you yeah. said... Which players do you think will shine? And obviously, I said Doherty because he's worked with him for two, three years under him at, at Wolves. So I was I was quite excited to see the Doherty that was at Wolves. And unfortunately, I don't know where he is. He's a shadow of his former self. He's, yeah. His confidence is gone. Um, he's not the player that he once was for Wolves uh, that used to win would play us would be absolutely outstanding. Um, and I think for now, I don't think an offer will come in this transfer window. But if it's January or next summer, I think they would look to move him on. I think he's been overawed, Rick, to be honest. Yeah, I was speaking yeah. to somebody uh, when I was out in Ireland a while ago, but, uh, you know, a little bit, spoke to a friend of a friend of somebody that knows, like, you know, his uncle, blah, blah, blah. And he was saying that he's overawed by the way everything was at the club, the size of it, the training players around him so you know and I, I think that happens sometimes I think some players do struggle to actually make a step up but I don't know you know is Wolves like, and Spurs really that big a step up it's like you know there, there's obviously a bigger step up in stadium expectation maybe training facilities but I mean you know if, the, if that is the case that he's sort of been a little bit overall by the size and expectation and everything then you have to question like his, his ambitions, really. Or at least by now, he would have been settled in and it's all become the norm for him. Yeah, I mean, I think you know it as well. And we've seen it so many times at this level that sometimes players that go for that bigger step up, sometimes the club's naturally just isn't the right fit and they're used to playing in more of a goldfish bowl. There's no disrespect to Wolves, but I, I just think sometimes having that step up is always tricky. And on the tongue is another player of mine that I just... I, I just Still, the jury's out for me. I, I want to believe it's going to be a real positive season for him because he had a, a really good loan spell. And that's Ryan Sessignon coming to you, Jace, because he had a big tackle in his own box on the 16th minute to stop what would have been a big, big chance. Other than that, really, you know, he failed to make an, an impact on the on the on the first half. I thought, but improved in the second half in a more adra- advanced role before coming off. You feel this is a really big season for him, Jace, Ryan Sessignon. Do you still have massively high hopes for him? 
active season. And, uh, you know, I, I think I said to you right at the start, uh, there's, I, I do have big hopes for him. Um, I, 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 I think I said on one of the, the shows, I expect him to have pushed Reggie on out the side. I think that's that's the hopes I've got for him. You generally but, believe that, yeah? You think he can can go into? I said I said I hoped I hoped that he would be able to push Reggie on out the side. Yeah, um, but there's no signs of that at the moment. I, I think you're right. When you're talking about uh, a player that that struggles to adapt to the, you know, he's in awe of the place, and maybe that's it. I think Jose. I think he he said at one stage last year that that Jose was trying to get him to be more vocal, and, and he kind of got into his shell. He's got to show more maturity. I thought the second half today, he was the one player that was trying to do something constructive for us, despite actually doing absolutely nothing. But there was a there was an intent to try and take his man on and beat him a couple of times, which is what I've just accused Doherty of being too much of a coward to do. So at mm. least there was an intent to do it, but he's got to show a hell of a lot more than than he than he did today. That's for sure. Uh, it's just at the moment, you, you just generally feel that, you know, uh, Craig says it here, you know, you feel Cesc isn't showing enough. I just wonder, no. again, whether, whether that's more, again, maybe a, a lack of confidence. It's a level yeah. where, I mean, it was always a concern, I think, coming from, no disrespect, a club like Fulham, relegated. It's a massive giant step up to then suddenly come to Tottenham and then try and challenge and now down a first team spot. And you know, I generally hope that, you know, he, he can go on and do that. I really do. But I think at the moment... He's going to need, for me, potentially a regular run of games. And you think every yeah. game is so important. And exactly. just, you do wonder, you know, is it possible where he's going to be able to get those games? And that's know, where a game, exactly. And that's where a game like tonight, like tonight is so important because that is yeah. they're going to be their only opportunities. Yeah. Um, and, and that's clearly not good enough. Clearly not good enough what he's given tonight. But uh, there's, there's a hell of a lot of work to do for him and a, and a number of that squad, mate. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Richard, let's come back around to you. Another, uh, this one of Davidson, Brian Hill, you know, breeze past his man with ease in one of the first touches of the ball to create a half chance for Sessing Young. He had real confidence on the ball. I think it's fair to say, look, like he might be the one player to actually make something happen. But he's wondering in the first half also frustrated some of his teammates as it tends to lost its shape. But um, in the second half, had little impact. I think it's fair to say he looked quite tired. Um, Nuno, after the game, said, we still need to find the best position for him. Having watched him, Rich, for that brief highlight or cameo, should we say, um, you got any idea where you'd like to see him play in the Spurs team? Was it far too early to try and gauge where he might fit in when everybody's fit? Oh, they're frozen again. Oh, they're struggling tonight. So what? These two are like the Spurs' defensive two at the moment in terms of that. And and crack. Jay, let's ask you on that. In terms of Brian Hill for you, very, very early stages, of course. Only we saw like 50, 60 minute cameo. But is there enough for you to think there's a potential player in there? Uh, a couple of nice glimpses on the ball and, and, and that was it. But, uh, you know, it, it does make a difference if when you get a ball in a certain area and you look up and you see Son and Mora and Ali and Kane making a forward run into the box than just Dane Scarlett. And that's yeah. no disrespect to Dane Scarlett. So... You know, there's a lot more options and things like that for you to find a pass and and, and look a better player. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, as you say, it was a, it was a lovely turn really early on. But yeah. again, a bit like Cess, he, he there was times when he looked good, but actually did nothing. Yeah. And that was our problem tonight. Even our good parts actually achieved nothing 
nothing at the end of it, was there? There wasn't no. a single ball that was really. I mean, other than that, that very th the third minute when he played the ball in to Sessignon yeah. on that near post, we never whipped a, a dangerous ball into the box. There was never a one v one situation. There was just no end product all night from any any part of the field. Yeah, let's go back around to Rich. Rich, before we uh, we've got to catch you before you go at this rate here in terms of the, in terms of this connection, Rich. Um, <laughs> With, with, with regards to Brian Hill, a very early stage, as I said, we saw some glimpses of some promising features of, a ga of his game. Do you know where he'd maybe fit in? If everybody was fit, would he be that high up on your list in terms of a first-team player? Yeah, I, I think we have to see how he progresses. He's definitely one for the future, and he's very, very highly rated in, in Spain. So, um, you know, he, he, there's, a, there's a lot of talk about him. I see him down, down that wing. I see him do getting a chance. But again, he's young. It's early days. So we've just got to see how he progresses. Nuno may see something where he plays him a little bit more inside uh, in certain, certain games. But he's certainly got a good touch and a like, little touch and go. And to get past his man, definitely. He's got a good turn on him. I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of calling him the Spanish Cruyff, which I hate that sort of thing when you start saying, like, the youngsters. But uh, exactly, you know, you, you're going to have to go a long way to, to get anywhere near him. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely one to keep an eye on and one I'm really excited to see how he progresses. If his current trajectory stays the same of how well he's done, I think we've got a player there. But, you know, we've, we have seen players like that before. We saw Harry Winks and we thought to ourselves, oh, wow, is a player in the middle of the park, and look what happened. So, uh, so let's see if he goes more down the Cruyff route than the Winks route. Let, let's hope it's the former rather than the latter. I think I'm, at the I'm moment, gonna... I think at the moment you're looking at somebody that comes off the bench, twenty minutes to go, and and and, and as a slow introduction to the to the yeah. games, and perhaps at one mm. nil up is not the right time, but. If you go 2 nil up or something like that and you can try and catch a team on the break late on, maybe that's how I think he'll be introduced, a slow introduction. What about that comment there and come around to you? This is on Dave B. He says, well, how are we buying a player in which we don't know where he plays? That's in reference to Nuno saying that he needs to find the best position for him. Is that quite concerning? Well, yeah, because why would he say that? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, obviously he wanted this player along with Paratici, so... If he's there saying, oh, I don't know where he plays, it's a bit, as I said, it's, it's worrying. Yeah, but that does happen with players sometimes. I mean, Henri played out on the left wing and then Wenger put him up front and look what happened. It does yeah. it does happen sometimes. I, I just you wonder about... the at Sheffield yeah. many years ago that was played at the back. A Warras, Paul Warras, played at the back. Yeah. They threw him up front in one season. I think he's like 21, 22 goals. Really? So sometimes it does happen. Well, you know, we, did, you just... well, we did the same with Gary Doherty. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we needed a striker. And I would say to you, and I'm referencing what you've just said there, and you know, you made a great point that you know he did buy him, but the problem is we know he didn't buy him because it's Paratici's signings here. You know, is yeah, that already yeah. a concern that they're not on the same hymn sheet for you? Or am I looking too much into that? Do you think it's a case that he must have surely he must have wanted oh, really? or was it just, was it like you know. I love you, man, but you're reading too much into it. Let the geezer just embed him in, as, yeah. you know, bring him on as JC. 70 minutes before 2-0 up. Just let him just let him drive because he was the only bright spark 
of yeah. today's game. I saw mm. some lovely glimpses of him, and he, he yeah, looked yeah. exciting. But I, I, I totally agree. I'm not getting excited yet. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think uh, he yeah. made one of those players where it floats a little bit. He's out on the wing. Then he comes in. Then he goes yeah. out on the other wing, and he comes back across, and he just sort of floats around that, you know, and just and just and just does that 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 type of role. You know, there is there is those types of players out there. You you do get them, and they yeah. sort of float from side to side, and then down the middle a little bit, and they don't really have a disciplined role. But like you know, and they're a nightmare to mark. They're a nightmare to sit up against. If you've got a player like that. Sometimes that's not a bad thing in your side. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think we, we've got to have high hopes for him because the nature of the player like that, you know, he, he's a tricky player. I think, like Jason says there, I, I'll agree. I think we're probably going to embed him in very, very slowly. 20 minutes here, half an hour there, and yeah. hopefully we're going to be in a position mm. where, you know, he can literally look to become a first-team player. That's all we hope, you know, Asperi. You know, you spent all this money on this guy. You want to believe he's going to come through to the first team. Just to finish off, guys, Dane Scarlett, in terms of uh, the team out there tonight, again, Listen, 17 years old, I think a tough, tough night for him in general. He chased a lot of loose balls, wasn't really much service to him. After the game, Nuno said he's very young, he has the talent, but as a team, we should have given him more chances. We didn't make any offensive actions of him. And I think it's really important Nuno says that because strikers are ultimately judged on goals, right? So uh, coming over to, back to you, Ant, on this before I come to Jason, Dane Scarlett, a young player, it looks like he's going to be in and around the squad, but it looks like at the moment because obviously we've let Troy Parrott go out on loan. We haven't yet got a second striker, let alone we've not even touched upon... Spurs' his first team striker apologies. I know Jason doesn't want us to tonight, but you know, generally, and you know, Dane Scarlett, do you think you get a number of games this season? Um he plays in this, doesn't he? Mate, he'll play in this. And I think if if we're if we're winning it, you know, if we're winning in the Premier League comfortably, hopefully, he might come on a couple of premiership minutes here and there. League Cup. League Cup, hopefully, um, give him a bit of a run out. But it is worrying that we haven't got Another striker. That's, I mean, I know we're going to go, go into it, but to be, you know, one of the only teams in the top four tiers of football league to not yeah. even have a striker is terrible. It's disgraceful. Yeah, I mean, let's bring you into that, Jace. Dane Scarlett, I felt very sorry for him. I've got to be honest with you on a game like this because, you know, strikers only judged on goals. He got the service to score, right? He just didn't get any service. Do you think he'll be still part of Nuno's squad come the end of this summer transfer window? I think he'll be part of the squad, but I think, he, you know, even in these games, he needs some help, um, either a genuine partner to, to... I mean, you know, you put Vinicius and him together, somebody that when the ball was banged in the box might have won it in the air and, and got knocked down to him. Almost, It was almost Jermaine Defoe-esque where you used to have Crouchy to, to help him out alongside him or something. Or Freddie Canuti used to be able to help out with Defoe. But to, to just put him on his own and, and leave him isolated. And, and like I say, maybe if you've got more... Uh, more on one side, Bergvine the other. There's just that little bit more first team savvy and 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 a bit you know a little bit more for him to feed off of. But I think you know if if we can bring in, like I say, we should sign a Carlos Vinicius replacement, and then you know Scarlett would come off the bench in these games with with 20 minutes to go in these because physically it's going to be difficult for him. The lads developing so. But you can't be hitting the ball with him with his back to goal, six foot up in the air and expecting anything from him. So, you know, I, I, if we don't sign a striker before next week, I'd, I'd still let him play. But I'd play him alongside Kane for a, for a chance or something like that, just to 
just to try and give the bloke some some opportunity because you yeah. know it would have been soul destroying from tonight. No yeah. shot at goal, not even not even a, a, he barely touched the ball in the box, and that's no. just you know it's not fair on him. Certainly yeah. not worth judging him on it tonight. That's for sure. No, let's come yeah. back. What do you think? Rick, to, yeah, to give him some credit, what he did keep doing was making the correct runs because he never actually got given the service. That's that, that's another department's issue. You know, he was the, he was the bricklayer tonight, uh, the wall maker that got given no bricks. But what he done was he kept sort of going up and down with his cement and trowel and and like uh, and laying it down. Just nobody was feeding him any bricks, but he yeah. never dropped his head. He made the runs. He made the correct runs. He was always willing and just never got any service. So, you know, as long as Nuno says to him, I'm happy with what I saw tonight because you've done the right things. Uh, it was down to others to, to feed you. Then, then that's all good, you know. And let's, I mean, you'll see a cup, somebody make a point saying that it, it might have, you know, it might have hurt his confidence a bit. We, I don't know the lad. He might be a very confident lad that's gone out there and been told, look, you're going to have a bit of a tough lean night tonight, but go out there and let me see what you can do. Come off and gone, okay, fair enough. Didn't get no service tonight. But, you know, it was. I've been around the first team, uh, travelled, got a little taste of what's gone on. And I'll go again back to the end, under 23s. And if I get a chance, I, you know, I'll go and try and grab it with both hands. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Early days, 17 years old. I've got shoes older than the lad. So, uh, <laughs> I bet you have. Let, let's see. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, you got, got a, a Wi Fi signal that's older than him as well. And it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I did. We've been working on it today. Oh, <laughs> Guys, um, before we go for our final break of the show, we're going to finish up with some uh, quick fire listener questions. We will start with you and your favourite subject. Okay, this is. I'll wear boxer shorts. I'll wear. <laughs> no, sorry, what? <laughs> uh, this is from. My favourite colour blue. What? Uh, Adam Smith, 882, says. How the hell are we going to shift the Deadwood? Stop playing them as people will actually see how poor they are. My God, he's got, he's got a point, to be fair. If you don't, if you don't play them, how are you going to sell them? I mean, what do you think, Ad? No, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's, just, it's, it's catch-22, isn't it? Yeah. Um, to be fair, good question. It's a great question. I, we, listen, we've got 11 days now, I think, with memory surgery right before the end of the window. And I, I want to see some movement. I need to see some movement as a supporter. I need to see some yeah. of that. Just for reassurance, right? And just for reassurance. You know, we're being linked with this one, that one, him, them, them every day. And it's just getting annoying now. We want, we need to identify the targets, go and get them and shift some of this deadwood. Yeah. For sure. The way you do it, Rick, is to ask for realistic offers. Yeah. You know, if somebody offers five million for Moose and Sissoko, you take it. But can I ask you, mm. Jess, do you, think, do you just think there's clubs that are just not interested in these players? Or do you think you'll always find a buyer? Will you always find a buyer? You'll always find a buyer, but it has to be really, you know, the, the clubs that are going to be interested in them are not mm. the types of clubs that are going to come up with 20 million for them. Mm. You just so have to take, gonna, take it in the chin a little bit, did not you? I mean, I, I think if Burnley, for instance, I, I bet Burnley would take Moose and Sissoko, but they won't pay 20 million for him. Mm, I, I bet if Moussa Sissoko was available for five million, Sean Dyche would take him. Yeah, oh, so you've got to give them realistic prices. Yeah, yeah. Give them I mean, realistic prices. 
Yeah. Uh, next one. Let's come around to you, Rich. We've got to fire these off. We've got to, uh, we've got to do the Wolves preview. Uh, this is from Mark Wilson at Wolves Spurs. Says, are we ever going to pay a little bit more to sign quality players instead of trying to get bargain bucket buys that will never be good enough for the first eleven? We have three true quality players in the club, and that's Kane, Son, Hoybier. The rest are bang average. And that's going to Mark Wilson at Wolves Spurs. Thoughts? Uh, no, I think there's there's a, there's a few more players in that, that first eleven. That's better than that. Uh, Lloris in goal is a, is a fabulous goalkeeper. Uh, Going to be very, very difficult to replace. He's a World Cup winning captain as well. You know, he, he's a quality player. Um, listen, if you look by Sunday, Dyer looks a different player under Nuno. He looks like he's, he's refreshed and he looked okay. If that continues, there's a player. Uh, Sanchez, well, I mean, like... Who's that player? I didn't see that last season. He came from Ajax with a huge promise. Absolutely huge promise. And it looked like on Sunday, he looked like he's been challenged by a new manager. So I think we've got to give this season a few games and see the effect that Nuno has. Delhi again. Delhi looked like he fancied it on, on Sunday. He may be re-energised by a new manager. So all of a sudden, you start getting some players more than good enough to be able to make that first team squad. But um, look, if Kane does go, then we really have got to have some like you know plug and play, ready to go, out of the box players. We need we need a cut at least two top top quality players, like one up front and and even and even a backup as well, or an Ericsson playmaker. Yes, but, but, we, but we've that we've lost. So we need two there straight away. And if you have to go out and do the whole lot that Man City's given you uh, yeah. for him, um, then so be it. If you've got to go and do 60, 70 million each on those players, then so be it. Otherwise, you're going to regress. I yeah. think as well, it's, it's, you, it's very, uh, you have to be aware. I mean, you know, that particular question, we know that we've bid 65 million for Lauro Martinez. So the, the question, yes, Tottenham will go and do it. The problem is those players don't want to come. Or or the flip side of that is if, if Inter say, OK, we'll take that offer, for instance, we'll take the 65 million. That player's agent says, right, we know what the level is, but we offer you to Chelsea first. We offer you to, to no, Paris, yeah, We problem. offer you to yeah. Real Madrid. Yeah. We yeah. offer you to Atletico. We offer you to Juve. And if those 15 super elite club Bayern Munichs and all that, I mean, you know, if Lewandowski was to move, I bet Bayern could get him for 65 million and he'd go there, but he ain't going to come to Tottenham. And Tottenham are going to be way down that list of priorities. And he thinks, I've just won the league with Inter. We're in the Champions League. Why do I want to go and play in that? So, you know, even if we are prepared to spend the money, it's not that easy to get those players. Tottenham Hotspur is not a big enough attraction in Europe. It doesn't win trophies. It's not in the Champions League. And it doesn't pay people 250 grand a week. So why is a top player going to come there? Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, it's not saying you can go for the top players, but, as, but they won't come to us. So do, you, do we go, do we bite the bullet and go premiership proven players that can... Enhance the team. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Who is out there? Who yeah. is out there? Well, we did say it. I mean, uh, we've spoken at length. You know, it's not like Danny Ings. I know Jason, you was around. Oh, I'll say Ings. Ings, I'll take him. Ings was a huge loss. Oh, I'd yeah. probably want him for him for 25 million quid 
absolutely mm. amazes me because yeah. it, you know it, it absolutely does you a job and at that price given the current market it's buttons in it 25 yeah. million quid is, is absolute buttons. That, that is a prime example that we waste our time chasing top top players when when players that would improve our squad are available and you know and i've defended mm. arsenal today we're all laughing at their transfer business, saying, well, he's not good enough, he's not good enough. But in their mind, they wanted Ben White, they wanted Ramsdale, they wanted Madison. They knew that Madison was too dear, so they didn't waste another two weeks chasing him. They just thought, right, the next one on the list, Odegaard, we go and get him. And they've got the three players they wanted. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't want any of them at Tottenham, and yeah. I don't think they're great signings, but they've identified what they need. They went for realistic targets, and they've got all of them. I think so. Andrew, Wallace. 100%. Yeah. He's the best of 40 mil. Done. They know the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. They don't need eight months to, to, to bed in and it's, oh, yeah. we'll give them another season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's a joke. We, we're going for these top players. Great. Brilliant. They improve us, both of us. But they yeah. come to the Premiership and it takes. I read today, I read today, Lorente, Danston, Soldado, is it Soldado? Yeah, Soldado. Yeah. Them three alone scored eight Premiership goals between them. Now that, tell me if that's any, that's just, that's terrible. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They did know the Premier League. Yeah. 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 He's oh, doing yeah. more than eight on his own, isn't he? Yeah. All right, yeah, the rent yeah. to Swansea, but what I'm trying to say is two out of them three didn't know the Premier League. Yeah. But we still no, gave I, them another chance because we're too I, nice. We gave them another chance. I think I say that the market, I mean, Jason, I think like Jason made the point there. We, we have this summer have shown some intent to go after those top, top players. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, whether it's down to the clubs not wanting to sell or the player not actually wanting to come, that's an issue. But I, I, I do agree with you, Anne, that, you know, going down the Premier League proven route, you know, the Vestergaard, I'm, I'm stunned by, you know, we haven't looked at him, for example. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll just finish, guys, on this question because, like I say, we've got to squeeze walls in. This is from, final question, this is from... Rich, Rich, I just want to pop inside, mate. Sorry, Rich. Go for it. Yeah, go, go on. on. Let's go. We'll go to Jason. We'll go to um, Rich on us after. Jason, this is from Kyle Calderelli, who says, will Paratigi be on the phones as you're recording this podcast trying to sell any more of those players that featured tonight and will he have any success doing so? Well, as I said, they'll have success doing so if they get a real, if they ask for a realistic price. But if, if I mean, if, you know, Harry Winks, if they're saying to Southampton you could have him for twenty-five million, they ain't going to sell him. If they say to Crystal Palace you could have him for seven and a half, Crystal Palace will take him. Simple as that. You've got to ask a realistic price. Do you agree on that, Rich? Do you think that'll be the case? Will we get? Will we... Yeah, absolutely. That's always been a problem with with uh, Daniel Levy doing the transfers. He always wants to give absolute buttons when he's bringing a player in, but then expects huge fees uh, to come in, like to, to get them out, and that's just not the way the, the way of the world and the, and the way of it. It has to be more realistic, you know. It's wages as well. Wages is a huge problem, like you know. It, it's like if a player sat there on a three-year contract on 150 grand a year, and then Burnley come in. You're not getting 150 grand a year, so you've got to take a bit of a hit on their uh, on That's their right. transfer, and you've probably got to cover 50 percent of the wage as well, uh, like for maybe for the next couple of years or something. So, yeah, but that's yeah. what you have to do to move these people on. It's just something. They're just the way the market is. Yeah, 
I do agree, and I, I think like I say we, we're seeing the way the market is this summer, and it, you know, I, I'm intrigued to see how these next couple of weeks do play out. Um, and like I say we're hopeful mm. that next week we're going to turn this tie around. Listen, we've got we have got enough squad to do that. I think we've got to be going into next week. It, listen, it is disappointing, but with the players that we have got available to us, I'm sure Nuno will reshuffle the pack take one or two more senior pros, uh, maybe not this clutch of senior pros, but some of the players that did play against Man City. And hopefully we two turn, we do turn the game around. Um, we are going to go, for the listeners on audio, we're going to go for our final break of the show. Taking into this break, we've got a couple of Wolves podcasters giving us their thoughts of the game of the weekend, their thoughts on Nuno, um, their thoughts on Wolves' start to the season and what is expected. Hi, it's Matt Cooper here from the Talking Wolves podcast and today I'm here to preview Wolves' game versus Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday at Molyneux. Now, it's a new dawn for both clubs and it's also the Nuno Espirito San Derby, um, as, as I've seen a few people dub it, but I think um, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Wolves, now under Brunelage, are, are looking to play a little bit more attacking, attacking-minded football, um, but still really needing key additions for Brunelage to really kind of implement his tactical philosophy onto, onto the team. Um, we, we have been playing with a back five, similar to what we did under Nuno, which some fans have found frustrating and, and, and somewhat of a, a Nuno hangover. But it's not all doom and gloom in terms of the, in terms of the way they've been playing. Um, under Nuno, the back five was was fairly regimented and fairly deep. Whereas under Brunelage, in the first game against Leicester, I think we recorded um, a, a record number of opposition touch, uh, touches in the opposition box compared to last season. It was a lot more on the front foot, and in truth be told, we should have beaten Leicester at the King Power, but it was those fine margins. However, the, the, the plan is to go to a back four and play a four four two or four two three one. But we're still two or three key additions away from being able to to do so. Um, starting lineup, you'd have uh, and I think you'd have Jose Sarr in goal. You'd have the back five of uh, Fernand Marcel, uh, Max Kilman, Connor Cody, Romain Sace, and I think Nelson Semedo coming for Keanu Hoover. Semedo was uh, out at the Leicester game because he was uh, isolating due to being pinged by the NHS app. Now, the midfield, um, it's either going to be uh, two out of uh, Neves, Moutinho and then Donka. And then your front three will be Francis Tincao, Adama Traore and, of course, the Mexican sensation, Raul Jimenez. Um, we looked we looked really good against Leicester in, in parts. We had a lot of good chances too. Adama fluffed a couple of, of, of clear-cut chances on another day. We'd have taken three points. Uh, we're still lacking... A lot of dynamism in midfield, and I think if you if you were to pat the midfield out, we 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 would be overrun. But I think that the way that Spurs started the game against Man City, I think that won't be the case against Wolves. I think Spurs have got a case for going coming to Molineux and and really trying to take control. And it, it may be that Wolves try and hit Spurs on the counter attack. Obviously, Spurs have got a, a much better squad than Wolves. Um, so it's going it's going to be an interesting game. I'm not sure the reception that Nuno will get. Me personally. I'm, I'm either near or there. I wanted him out from January last season um, and I gave him a good send-off at the Man United game. I was lucky to be one of those 4,000 at the end of the season who got a ticket for the game and I gave him a send-off there and, and I had criticised him throughout the season quite a bit, probably one of Nuno's biggest critics. However, it's now the time of Brunelage. It's his first home game at Molyneux in the Premier League. We've got to get behind him. Some fans, uh, I've seen murmurings on Twitter that you know that they'll be chanting for Nuno more than Bruno, which is absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, but that's that's the kind of cult following Nuno had. He did a, an amazing job at Wolves for three years, and and, and the last year not so. But I think Wolves will probably look to to hit on on, on the counter. Uh, Trinkau, who's grown into the Leicester game, he, he looks a little bit lightweight, but he, he looks like he could cause problems. And um, Samaida down that right hand side has looked good in pre season. He's always he's always a threat, especially under Brunelage's system where there's a there's a massive emphasis on the wing backs and not the op- operate more so as 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 right and left midfielders rather than rather than wing backs. So it's going to be a really interesting game. I think it's going to be one of those games that if Wolves are going to win it. It's the crowd that's going to be carrying them through. Um, it looks unlikely now that Wolves will get any any other bodies through the door before Sunday, which again is is really frustrating. Wolves fans are, are, are very unhappy at the minute with the with the transfer dealings and, and the, the recruitment policy at the club. Me, I I I, I back the board. I know the board are going to get it right. Uh, I know there's bodies going to come through the door eventually, but like a lot of clubs, um, everyone's doing the business late. So I think, and I'll never go against Wolves. Um, I think it's going to be a a one nil Wolves win in front of a packed out Molyneux for the first time in what nearly eighteen months. So yeah, you can follow Talking Wolves at Talking Wolves on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can follow me M Cooper writes writes as in written on Twitter and Instagram. Cheers, guys. Hello, everyone. This is Stu from the Wolves Fancast here again on a predicted lineup and formation for the weekend. It's not as Cut and dry, I think we, we kind of expect it to be. At the start of pre-season, we, we were playing with a back four, which is what Bruno Lage played in Portugal. And we all thought, this is a brave new world, we're going to be more progressive and the shackles of Nuno off and start again. But as pre-season went on, and again against Leicester at the weekend, uh, just gone, we played with a back three, and it was the same old 3-4-3 that we've played for the best, vast majority of the last four years, so... We just haven't got the personnel in central defence at this moment in time to play with a back four confidently enough and I think we just reverted to type. But what we didn't do is play as defensively and we're going into a game against Leicester who've won the FA Cup, just won the Community Shield and let's be right, they're a much better team at this moment in time than we are. And we had 17 shots against them, which is, we were having 17 shots a month last season uh, for one reason or another. So it's a massive step forward. I think you'll see, again, a back three of probably Kilman, Cody and Sace, where that's two of them players were from the Championship and they're brought in as midfielders. And it's kind of telling now at times that they're not natural defenders, if you get my drift. So we need improvements there, but I don't think there'll be any brought in in time for the weekend. We have brought one in, in um, here's a Mosquera, who's a Colombian youngster but he's injured already shock horror so um, he won't feature and wing backs is a tricky one because we've got the way we've been led to believe is Bruno Large plays with high high pressing wing backs regardless of formation yet he started with Marcel who's a, a steady full back um, and eight, and instead of eight Nuri sorry and on the other wing, Nelson Samedo was recovering from COVID, so he was out. And uh, Hoover, who we signed from Liverpool, again, not really an attacking fullback, started on the right hand side. So, in my eyes, ideally, I'd go with Samedo and Nate Nuri for a bit of pace and width and a bit of attacking flair than anything else. But that's a position that's up for grabs. I, I'm not sure what he'd do there. 
In central midfield, it's more than likely going to be Neves and Matinho, as it has been for the last three years, which he's he's already come out and said that they're too similar and we need reinforcements in that department. At time of recording, that hasn't happened again, so I'd expect them two to start together, especially after having over a week's rest and Matinho being older than time itself at this point. And then the front threes, thankfully, Raul is back. Um, he amazingly recovered from what has, he's come out this week and talked about being a life-threatening injury, let alone career-ending. So it's a minor miracle that he's back and he, he looks as sharp as he, or he is at the minute. So that's one good point. The other is the enigma there is Adama Traore. Oh, I, I could speak for hours and hours, and I, I have done on the fan cast in the past about him. He's... Everyone knows what he is. He's a pace merchant. He'll get past players. He can dribble perfectly brilliant. He's, there's probably nowhere, no one better in the league at dribbling than him. But his end product leaves a lot to be desired at best. And he had a one-on-one against Schmeichel on Saturday. Fluffed his lines. Um, he had a chance to cross it for Raul. He took it on himself. Just niggly things like this. And there's a reason why he is at Wolves and nowhere else. And it's his end product. Which... Needs to get much better, but again, he's at Wolves for a reason. And on the other wing, I mean, they might switch around. We've got uh, Francisco Trincao, who's on loan from Barcelona, just exploiting their issues. And he's coming as a Portuguese youngster. Again, shock. Um, he's going to take time, as they all do. There was a few too many tricks and flicks and little things, a little moments of showing off that need to be ironed out of his game. But you kind of expect that as a youngster anyway. I, I, I'm kind of lost for words now because that is all we have at this moment in time. We don't have a quality bench. I mean, Neto, Pedro Neto is out for until at least February, which is a blow. Daniel Pedence is flattered to deceive up front as well. And obviously we've got young Fabio Silva as a reserve striker now, rolls back. So I think that's kind of all it is. It, the team picks itself, which with... As time recording just over two weeks to go is quite worrying. But saying all that, I do think we if we play like we did against Leicester, we've got a chance. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's a 2-2 or a 3-3. There's going to be chances galore all over the place. Um, but it's not sitting on the fence whatsoever. I just I think we would be in for an entertaining game. And at this moment in time, I'd say 2-2. But I guess you do want me to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is Nuno Espirito Santo. And again, I I hope he does get a nice reception, and I think he will do. Um, But for me personally, after Project Restart, and we we had chances there to push up into the top four towards the end of the season, and we blew it, and it was kind of the... Kind of the way things went for him towards the end, where we'd get and throughout his reign at Wolves, like the cup semi final, where he he blew a two two goal lead and took our best players off and things like that. And for all the the brilliant things he did for us, yeah, we love him. He's great. It just went downhill fast, and then you start looking into the back catalogue of his his former clubs. It happened at Valencia. It happened at Porto. Exactly the same things. Starts really well. He looks fresh-faced to start with, and then he looks glum as anything, as I suppose any manager is. 
Um, but yeah, he, he's got a thing, kind of like Mourinho as well, where Mourinho's got a shelf life of three years. It seems to be the same with Nuno, to be honest. And it was just in everyone's best interest in the end for him to leave. Do I think he'll do a good job for Spurs? Probably. The first first year and a half, two years, I think you've, you'll definitely be up there. You'll be challenging for something, but it's after that when he starts being weird and starts signing players that have got no real right to be there. That's when you kind of have a look at things. But yeah, I wish him well. It ended amicably as much as it could have done here. So yeah, I wish him well and I hope he gets a good reception. Cheers. We've got Wolves to come this coming Sunday. It's a Wolves side that faced their old manager in Nuno Espirito Santo, who becomes the manager, as we know, of Spurs this summer. Uh, Wolves enjoyed their golden period under Nuno, leading them to the Europa League place and building their reputation as being a team that, you know, was challenging for Europe. And for Wolves, that was a big thing. He's worshipped there, in the, not only just at Wolves, in the community as well, Nuno. So he'll get a wonderful reception, I'm sure, going back. Obviously, they had a tricky start to their campaign, losing 1-0 to Leicester, courtesy of a trademark Jamie Vardy finish. But Wolves will return to Molyneux, where they have certainly memorable moments against the traditional big six of the clubs, which, of course, Nuno was heavily involved in. Um, I'm going to start with you on this, James, because I know this is the game where you want to see really what Nuno's team's about, right? Because you want to see if it's going to be a front foot Tottenham or we're going to go with 10 behind the ball. This is going to be one of the tests, isn't it, for you to see how Nuno's going to line up his Tottenham team? Well, they lost at Leicester, not just courtesy of a Jamie Vardy goal, but courtesy of an oil boy miss. You know, the £40 million no goals, no assists player. So You're right, referring again, to Adam, Adam, Adam Traore, just to Yet be again, you know, he's got more oil than Manchester City on him. So, you know, it's just a waste of time. Um, yeah, I want to see what, what Nuno uh, does with it. It'll be interesting to see what he does with Romero, whether he does bring him in and whether he decides he's going to drop Sanchez or Dyer. So whether we will go to a back three on on Saturday or we, we keep the team that played so well against Manchester City and he thinks Romero just didn't do enough tonight to, to get his place. I think that's the one thing. But, you know, Manchester City's game... Manchester City, as we know, we've beaten them the last few years. That kind of suited us Sunday to play them, I thought, and undercooked Manchester City. I think Wolves is a much bigger test of will Nuno just sit patiently behind the ball and play counter-attack football, or will he actually be braver and look to get on the front foot? I think the one thing you've got to be real, the, the thing you've got to be careful of, Saturday, we, we rode the emotion of being back in the stadium for the first time Sunday, yeah. and we had a cause. It was Manchester City were trying to buy Kane, and that that pushed the crowd on. So the emotion and the calls made that a cauldron. Wolves will be playing with the emotion of fans in the stadium the first time. And new they've got the calls. Yeah. They've got the calls of new manager against Nuno. So they've got lots to play for. And we've got to be absolutely at it in terms of attitude and commitment. We've got to be as at it as we were against Manchester City. And we can't allow that wave of emotion to hit us in the same way that it did Manchester City. And, uh, you know, I think all the teams, you know, it's not just because it's Wolves. I think you could be going to Palace, you could be going to Brighton, any of those away games, the first ones back where where crowds are suddenly back in the stadium for 18 months. It's going to make that first away game, first couple of away games really tricky. And uh, we've got to be really prepared for that. That's for sure. Rich, has come round to you because Wolves, they all feel they're finally lucky to put Raul Jimenez back in their first team. Obviously, post his absence for the majority of the previous season with a fractured skull. Listen, from a football fan's perspective, absolutely great to see him back yeah, on a pitch. Absolutely. It is great to see him back absolutely. on a pitch. I'm sure we all agree with that. Horrendous injury. Um, listen, 
Hope he doesn't obviously take it out on us at the weekend and score. But, you know, he, he's a tremendous player. And I think Nuno had a great relationship with him. Listen, who knows? Strange things happen in football. Do we see Spurs going for a last-minute bid for him, depending on how the rest of this summer transfer window plays out? Um, also, we've seen Spurs link the likes of Adam Traore, which uh, I think you can tell by Jason's opinion. He's not looking forward to potentially a bid coming in there. Uh, Jose Sars also become the number one there post-departure of Rui Patricio. And new signing Francesco Trianco is also expected to start against Spurs. He begins to settle in the Premier League. Um, and it's a, you know, Wolves, it's a fresh, it's a fresh start for them. It's a new manager coming in, didn't get the result they wanted last week. Back now at home. It's not gonna be easy, this is it? Because I, I don't no. ever go up to Monaghan and ever get an easy game. I, I just it's not a place that we go there relishing. You know, we got a great win there last season. I think the season before that we had obviously the Tongan header. It's going to be tough, though, isn't it? It's going to be tough. I think, sorry, yeah, point, I think we, drew one, we drew 1-1 one, one there, didn't we, last season? That last minute mm. or last gas header denying us the three points. It's not going to be easy up there at all. No, not at all. And um, I think it's going to be a game where the Wolves players and the Wolves fans want to prove something to Nuno because some of them are still upset that he's gone to us. So you've got that side of things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I think uh, it's it's going to be tough for us, and we've got to be we've got to try and match it. We'll try and be on that front foot and nick an early goal and just keep going. And we can't sit back on our laurels if we do go one nil up and think that, we, that the, the game's won because they have got players that can score. Do you know what I mean? That they're, they're they're a good side. Yeah, you know, I think Jason's right as well. You've got that element of Wolves now first home game in eighteen months, and we saw ourselves. The euphoria that brings. Uh, they want to get a little payback for Nuno going. Uh, but then on the flip side of that, Nuno knows every player there pretty much inside out. So, I mean, it really is quite quite a fascinating old uh, matchup, really. And uh, just play to, play to our strengths. I'd like to see us go front foot, to be honest. I think we've got the personnel to be able to do that. Uh, I think we've all seen quite enough last year of not only world events, but Tottenham events and the way we was playing under the previous man. So I just want to see, let's just bottle what we've done Sunday, stick it in a bottle, I mean, take it with us to Wolves and go again with that. Because if you play with that heart and commitment, like we did last Sunday in every game, you're winning a lot more than you're losing, that, that's for sure. That was the most pleasing thing last Sunday, was just to see a little bit of passion, a little bit of care, a little bit of I want this. Yeah. Just yeah. go and do that again. Just go and want it again. Yeah. And you've got yeah. half a chance. I do agree. Um, also, you know, he may be tempted, uh, this is obviously the Wolves manager, to make a cut of change ahead of the match with the experience of players such as right back Nelson Semedo and the versatile Leander Dendonka, both representing enticing starting options for Wolves. So we could see potential cut of changes ahead of that game for them when you look at the team they put out against Leicester the week before. Um, Jason, we saw and we heard from you know after the game that Kane trained today with the players that stayed in England. He trained well and he'll train again tomorrow. Um, when we return, we part of the group. I know you didn't want to make this show about Kane. It hasn't been about Kane this show, but we can't not discuss the elephant in the room. Um, this is from Stuart Roper. who says, against a dogged side, I think you may need Kane in there to bully their defenders. Whether or not it's right to drop one of the players that did sold against City is another matter. It's a great point. Um, is Harry Kane in your consideration for the weekend? I'd start him in place of Bergvine, yeah. 
Okay. He has to start. Yeah, I'd, I'd start in place of Brown Fine. I mean, you know, you can't just keep leaving him out, keep leaving him out, keep leaving. He's our player. If he's trained this week, they don't come back. You know, they don't come back like you and me do off of holiday. I mean, they're, they're still pretty mm. fit when they come back. He's been back training them by by then what two weeks. For me, he plays against Manchester City, uh, against Wolves, and then Bergvine would be the one that's on the bench. Yeah, for sure. Is that unanimous, boys? There. Let's come to you, Rich. For you, Harry Kane. You know, he's been training. Is he straight back in the 11 for you? 100%. Harry Kane is a Tottenham player. Harry Kane is our best striker. So Harry Kane, if fit, plays. Please don't speak to me about my head's not in the yeah. right place. Not I'm, I'm, not, I'm not having that not at having all. That. That's a cop-out. That's what? an excellent excuse. And like, that's not to demean like people that are struggling with like sort of me- mentality yeah. issues yeah. like Ben Stokes and other athletes. This yeah. is this is a different head's not in the right place. Yeah. If your head's not in the right place to play for your team because of other things going on, you as a professional footballer and as an England captain and now as a seasoned pro, you should be able to go, right, okay, that's all going on at the moment. Uh moment but today I'm a Tottenham player. This is what this club is paying me to do. I'm going to go and do that job. And then tomorrow, I'll go and do my training on my warm down. And then when I leave the training ground, I'll then switch on and deal with the other part of it of where I'm going to, where I'm going to end up. So at the moment, he's got to switch on and off and on and off. Yeah. And when he's training and when he's playing... He's a Spurs player. And until mm. such time as that changes, that remains Rick. And I'm just not having this, like, my head isn't right. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not having it. I don't question your mentality to actually be a footballer if you can't switch that on and off. If there was other things going on and he was suffering with depression and things like that, absolutely yeah. don't play him until, yeah. until he's right. We've all seen... What that sort of like, you know, yeah. heads not in the right place issues are. But this yeah. isn't this isn't that. Maybe plays. I mean, no disrespect to Harry. I'm sure. Listen, heads not in the right place. He hasn't. He's just got to concern himself with what is he going for a six bedroom place in in Manchester, or is he going to go for an upgraded contract with Tottenham? I mean, the reality is, it's not that kind of headspace where you know, like you say, there, it's not a mental health perspective issue. Where I say no. where no. you, you take into consideration, um, and. Same question to you, really. It sounds like you're unanimous with the boys here. You think uh, Kane's our player. He should be starting, right? If he is starting, do you agree with Jason? Does he come in the place of Burwine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We place Burwine. I mean, he done all right. He done all right, Steve, on the other day. But there's a couple of chances that he missed, and he's a confidence player. So listen, he's on the bench. He's, you know, hopefully he'll be an impact player when he comes on. But Kane has to start. He's our player. Do you see what I mean? He can't be. Oh, no, no, I'm in an R in. No, you play him. You play him. He's been training. He, he's fit. He's going to be match fit by the time he's yeah. played against Wolves. Mm. And we keep playing him. Done. End of story. Have a conversation. Cub need to put it on him, Rick, and say, you're our player. You are playing. If he then says, refuses, yeah, then the club need to communicate that out. Harry Kane isn't available today. He's refused to, to join the squad. Put that out there. Because I tell you something, brand Harry Kane is all about being Roy the Rovers, Corinthian spirit, the clean-cut image boy. That's that's what he trades off of. That's what's got him the England captain, uh, captaincy as well, because he's this clean-cut image. 
He, he isn't falling out of clubs, you know. He's married his childhood sweetheart. Da 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 da. He's a pinup boy. So let him go on strike because he completely and utterly diminishes his whole brand as well. So I put it on him. He's painted himself this this angelic picture, and 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 for all I know, he is he is a good bloke. If he starts like refusing to work on the grounds of this, that, and the other, let's see where that takes him. Yeah, could, could I? Could I? I would just say perhaps he wants the club to put it on him so that he can play. Because I'm not convinced everything that's coming out that we're being given is 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 the truth. We all know what what information we've seen. So you know if he yeah. you know if he was you know I don't believe for one minute Harry Kane just decided to say oh f it I'm going to go back a week late. Where was he? He was in Joe no, Lewis's property. There was, was a vacuum of clarity, wasn't there? There was a, a vacuum of being filled with, with speculation from the press. So, that, 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 you know, there's a problem and nobody came out to squash it, deny it or say otherwise. Finally, let's get some predictions ahead of the game. Let's come round to you first, Jace. You go for uh, I might, uh, if I'm honest, I'll go for a 1 1 draw. I really? just think that I think it will be a, a really tough game with that wave of emotion and things like that that goes on. So I, I think it will be a 1 1 game. Okay, let's come around to you next, Dan. I know you hate giving predictions, so I'll probably just put you in this position. Let's come to you, Ant. What are you going for? Yeah, I could see it being a draw as well. Yeah, 1 0. Just throwing it out okay. there, 1 0. And Rich, throwing it over to you quickly to get your prediction. I'm going for a big old bottle of the new art lane last Sunday being poured all over the pitch. 2-1 Spurs. Come on. Positivity. Let's have it. I agree. I'm not letting this result tonight affect my, my judgment. I do think we're going to get the result against Wolves. I think we will definitely, definitely secure our three points. Have a great start to the league. Right. Final nine minutes of the show, which means it's only one thing on a Thursday. Even though we had a disappointment tonight, we've got to hand it over to the wonderful Richard Cracknell, who's taken us through. Now, this is a, I've got to say, this is a very popular popular theme you know that brought it up the show and it's just funny the irony tonight is they're both together two of them that made this kind of happen the wonderful we've got Andy Costa Richie we're part of the Oco New Spurs podcast that like 40 Towers and like some of the greatest ever sitcoms has, has been has been left there as a kind of honourable pod that we're hoping one day will relaunch and come back but until then Rich is very kindly bringing this over to us. It's what's effectively known as the shit quiz. So we're trying to end on a high. So I'm going to, I'm going to hand the reins over to the wonderful Richard Cracknell. Who I think Anthony Costa's got to move back five yards now so he doesn't catch the answer. Oh, I can't see. Yeah, look, look, I'm, I'm holding it away from him so he can't see. I have it written here. Okay, let's, yeah. Let's, but... hand over, let's hand over to Richard Cracknell. Rich, over to you. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Rick. And uh, good evening, everybody. And welcome to the first ever live on YouTube shit quiz oh we've had some terrible ones down the years on as you say i win the spurs like the time we had he's mr sitar oh. where we played uh popular football songs but on a sitar and you had to guess what they was uh, i think that was one wasn't it we've had uh, some major league soccer oh, major frank was on yeah, there. frank major was frank on, major on. Oh, we've had some we've had some absolute shockers and tonight ladies and gents is absolutely no different. It's as shocking as ever. It really is shit. So all three of you are playing this, by the way. Um, I'm normally supposed to keep score. Is the answer never... Harry Winks? 
Now, I normally go with a little, what I normally do is I come up with a title and I work backwards, okay? And tonight's no different. Now, here we are. We've gone out to Portugal this evening. Jason looks absolutely disgusted already. That's the place we he's like. Never, he's never happy. He's never happy. He's Jason's pulling the same face that Barry Davies did when I when I did commentator the quiz that I gave him and uh, gave him uh, different names of potatoes. He was happy. Yeah, keep score, Jace. Thank you very much. Right, go on then. All right. So tonight, ladies and gents, Anthony Costa, Ricky Sachs, Jason McGowan, would you love to play sneeze or Portuguese? Huh? <laughs> Uh, sneeze or Portuguese? You see, you see what I've done now. I like it. I like it. So I will give you two words. One of them is the word that you say to somebody when they've sneezed in a country or a language somewhere around the world, like "bless you" or "gesundheit." Uh, and the other word will be a Portuguese football team. So you have to tell me what's the which one's the sneeze. And which ones? Portuguese. Portuguese. Yes. Okay. All right. So here we go. Number one. Eviva. Eviva. And Casa Pia. So one word, Eviva. And the other word, Casa Pia. Which one's the sneeze? Which one's Portuguese? I'm going to go. Casa. Was it Casa? Casa Pia. Casa Pia is the, the football team. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm okay. going to say, I'm going to say, we're all saying Pia is the football team and Aviva is the sneeze. Well done, yes. Aviva is what you say to people when they've just sneezed in Malta. So Malta, when someone goes, achoo, in Malta you'll go, Aviva. Okay. Casapia <laughs> is a Lisbon team uh, in League Two. Uh, and they're known as Os Gansos, which are the geese. That's their nickname. Well done. So you're all one for one. Brilliant stuff. Right, question two. This is nearly over. It's five of them to go. Belguares. Uh, Belguares is your first one. Enflorescas. Enflorescas. So, Belguares or Enflorescas. Which one's okay. the sneeze? Which oh, one's Portuguese? I, I think Onforescas is the football team. Okay. And the other one you mentioned, I think, is the sneeze. Benguarez. Okay. Benguarez. Yeah. Jason, coming to you? I'll go the other way round. The other way round. <laughs> I was going to okay. do that. And which <laughs> are you going? I'm going with Jace. You're going with Jace. Well another done, Jace. Well done, Oh, Rick. Rick, you've had a shocker. I've had a shocker. And is Ladino, which, of course, is Spanish-Hebrew. But oh, which is my family trait. Sephardic, Sephardic Hebrew. Spanish-Hebrew. Yes. So there oh, you go. God. And the other one, Berguarez is a league-free team based in Porto with the chairman, Lionel, uh, Lionel Costa. Any relation? Oh, yeah, he's my uncle. Yeah, uncle. Uncle Le Leonel. That's why I knew it. That's why I knew it, yeah. Okay. Let's hope he's not watching. <laughs> right, so it's two to one. Two to you, Jace. One to you. I'm keeping I'm keeping score here as well. I'm, I'm getting good at this. Right, number three. Are you ready? Go. Aruka. 
Aruka or Shuhatet. Shuhatet. Aruka is the football team. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Aruka is the football team, and the other one is. Jason's confident. Jason's confident. I'm going to go with Jake. Jason Aruka's the football team, yeah? You're You're that, I've got something wrong with my foot. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you sure you don't want to go Shuhadet? No, I've got an Aruka. No, because I'm following. Look, Jason went straight in. He, he went in like... There's a confidence. He might have led you all up the garden path in. Does neither of you two want to change, no? No. I can see you wavering. No, no, no. Okay. Jason was quite confident. Well done, lads. Yes, you're spot on. Aruka, a League Two club based in Puerto and the Avero region. And Chuhadet is what you would say to somebody if they sneezed in Albania. Oh, so my well God. done. It's an Albanian, bless you. Well done. Super stuff. Right. You're really oh. shouting in my voice. Am I? I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'm getting all excited. All right, I'll try. <coughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Adam will be the room by the time this is finished. Get a bit Jeremy Vine on egg eggs. Okay. Right. Let, yeah. let me just bring it down a touch. Okay. Number four. Trofensi. Trofensi versus Afia. Afia. Oh. So Trofensi versus Afia. Which one's the Portuguese? Which one's the sneeze? I'm going to go with Athia being the football team and Trefensia being the sneeze. I'm going Trefensia's football team. Okay. I'm going Athia as the football team. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Oh, big split of opinion. And the only one taking a point is Mr. Costa. No, Trefensia is a Portuguese football team managed by Tony Barbosa. Tony Barbosa. Hey, Tony Barbosa. Tony Barbosa. Go and see Tony Barbosa. Hey, forget about it. Go and see Tony Barbosa. He's a, he's a wise guy. He's a straight-up guy. He's a chase face. Ant's leading. Ant's leading this, isn't he, at the moment? Going to the final round. He is. Now, it's... I might spurs it up, though. Oh, yeah, it's what you would say in Kiswahili, which is a sub-language of Swahili and spoken around the Great Lakes of Africa. So there you go. Listen, not only shit, but educational as well. If this comes up on who wants to be a millionaire, you're you're in the money, isn't you? Okay, where do you say Afya? Okay, final one. Ants in the lead. Uh, Can we have the scores, Jace? Have you bothered to keep score? Is anyone I don't know. I got one wrong. I threw the scoreboard away, mate. We don't want in front anyway. And is leading. And is leading. You get this, you're winner, winner, chicken dinner. Number five, final question. All right, it's nearly over. I'm going to say to you, Pele. Yes, Pele. Or Fafe. Pele versus Fafe. Which one's Portuguese? Which one's the sneeze? I think if there was a club called Pele, we would have known about it by now. So I'm going to go with Pele being the sneeze and the other one being the football team. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Rickster on that one. Are you? Did you know there's a club called Arsenal also in Mauritius? Yes, sir. See, you hadn't heard of that. See, you say you would have heard of it. You didn't know there was a club called Ooh. Arsenal in Mauritius. I'm glad did I didn't. I mean, I don't In know. a town called Arsenal. It's painted all red and white. Is it? Yeah, see? So there may be a club... I, I, I may have come right down the leagues here. Pele versus Fafe. 
You haven't asked Jace yet. No, okay. You're going, you're going Pele and the sneeze then, yeah? Yeah. Well, as right. a tactical and, vote, the only way to get level with Costa is to disagree with him. So I'll go Pele as a football club. <laughs> okay. Rick? Rick's giving up the, like, the will to live here. What, what have I done to his podcast? I've killed your podcast in 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, I'm sticking with my decision. I'm sticking with Pele being the sneeze. That's not amazing. Okay. Pele, you would say to somebody in Nigeria if they sneeze because it's oh your language. Pele is the sneeze. Well done. You got that. You won it. You won it. Oh, I lost it. And Fafe is from the Praga region of Portugal, a population of 50,000. That's a, a little local team in Braga. So well done, Mr. Costa. This well, evening, sneeze of Portuguese. Come Thank on. you very much. Good I'm, night. I'm just concerned, Rich, that Spurs might not play anymore for their Thursday nights and just give you the stop for the shit quiz. I'm just a bit concerned. That's just... <laughs> Rick, uh, be, Rick. be careful if we play a team from Poland because uh, 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 murder on Gdansk floor will be back. <laughs> Rick, as if, as if being in the European Conference League wasn't bad enough, we're doing things like this. I mean, truth and life. Love it, son. <laughs> Tell me you had more entertainment from that quiz than you did at 90 minutes of Spurs tonight. Come on. I'm not turning up for training and I'm, I'm asking for a transfer request next week. <laughs> McGovern's down toes. McGovern's not here anymore. <laughs> I don't, guys, as always, let me say my massive thanks to the wonderful Jason McGovern. Jace, thank you so much. The scoreboard's gone out the window. He's not happy. He is not happy at all. Rich, sticking with you very quickly. We've got to ask you, Rich, upcoming gigs. Um, just to confirm, obviously, Glenn Hoddle, when I said he's at Kensington a couple of weeks ago, that's obviously not on the rides. But um, anything coming up which is non-ride related? Uh, yes, on the 28th in Gloucester, a uh, little town, Hardwick, got a beautiful social club there. Hardwick FC are putting their night on. Uh, that's with the one and only Ian Holloway. So I'm very much looking forward uh, to that. Uh, that's the 28th. And then on the 3rd of September, in the same place, down in Hardwick, Gloucester, the one and only Steve Perryman. So if you're down that way, uh, have a look on the socials or at Mark Carter um, or at Gloucester Spurs. They've got all the, the uh, ticket details. And then there's another raft coming up in November as well. But they're, they're your next two. Do come along. They're a terrific night. Thank you very much. Sure. Our oh, pleasure, Rich. And I say, um, again, highlight, Rich, we can find that information via your Twitter account and via the other social yeah. medias. Is that right? At, at Mr. Cracknell, I am. Have a look through there and you can see that. So, yeah, MR, Mr. Cracknell. Amazing. And let me tell you one of thanks again to the wonderful Anthony Costa, who will be with us, of course, regularly with the other boys throughout the season. And oh, boys, it's great to be back. Rich, and yeah. you've got the shit quiz. I thought you'd get the Spurs result. You can't have everything, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't have everything. But listen, it's been good seeing you boys. Can't wait to see each other in person. Yes, next um, week. So yeah, yeah. I've got to say, I've got to say, I'm, I'm actually quite concerned. Obviously, I'm us meeting on deadline day. This could be a very uh, scary moment where we're going to potentially lose the star striker, and we're all together watching it. Can't, can't make it up witnessing that. Honestly, I tell you. Look at look at JC's face. He's looking forward to it. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Get him the Eagle bomb, Jace.
Oh, yeah, dear. that'll do. That'll do me. That'll do oh, me. Oh, I tell you. I tell you. <laughs> oh, dear. In the words, I'd like to say, our game of the year. I've actually cost us words. One love is definitely, like I say, uh, all we need at the moment in terms of Tottenham. Um, guys, on, my one thanks to our panel for this evening. We're back this coming Sunday, hopefully, talking about Spurs returning to winning ways. Once again, my one thanks to Jason McGovern, Andy Costa, the wonderful Richard Cracknell. Most importantly, guys, keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on, you Spurs. Cheers, boys. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.